the diamond. I realized the diamond. Diamond. Yeah. 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 Empathy Museum presents a mile in my shoes. These shoes are blue high tops with grey laces and a crown on the tongue. They look like they've run a few miles and played a few games of hoops. These shoes belong to Aloysius. This is his story. You still remember the, the, the smell of the of the country, you, you still remember the, the, the birds, the, the, the wildlife, the, the weather, you, you remember everything. You, you, you remember the thing you used to do and you, what you wanted to see yourself in the future when you grow up. And you never wish to do those things in any other country. You always miss home. You don't leave your country easily. People run away because of circumstances beyond their control. Everybody would have wished to stay in their countries. My name is Alozia Sale. I come from Uganda originally, so I've been in London since 2003. My journey begins from back home. When you are identified as gay or lesbian or bisexual, it was very difficult you could be arrested, you could be dismissed from school. So for me, in 1994, I thought I could start a movement to start campaigning for the gay rights in the country. Whenever we could meet, of course, in some small, small groups, you could feel a sense of belonging. You could feel that you were not alone. I was the leader. And uh, for me, it was giving me a sense of joy, knowing that I'm trying to do something I'm trying to bring people together, people who had a common cause. And the, the, and the cause was, was, was to fight for liberty, fight for, for our civic rights. It, of course, became to started getting stronger and started getting membership was increasing. We had about 400 students. Um, it became a target to secret service, to, to infiltrate it. In 2003, things went wrong. Somehow, somewhere, the, the, the movement was uh, discovered. Some students got arrested, and um, I was being hunted down by the authorities. So that's when I came to the UK. The aim of coming here was that I was coming to study, but of course I wanted to kind of stay away for a while. 2005, I tried to go back but then I got into trouble. I got arrested straight away. I was tortured. I suffered some inhuman situations. When I had a chance to come back, I just came back to the UK straight away. My visa had expired in June, but I couldn't renew because I wasn't going to college anymore. And at the same time, I couldn't go back home because my life would be in danger. So I was very worried that now what do I do? There was nothing like asylum on grounds of sexuality. From 2005 to 2010, 
I lived um, on the streets. I was homeless. When you are a gay person from another continent and it is you are faced with challenges, you, you are scared that what if I come out and I look for help? Anytime I could be arrested, deported, and then back to the same country I, I, I escaped. And then all of a sudden, there was um, a case in the Supreme Court in the UK. And that's, that, that's when the, 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 the UK Supreme Court first recognized that gay people should be allowed to claim international protection. So when I heard of this case, I picked up a phone and I called the home office. Um, I was given an appointment. That's what they call the screening process. Then, of course, you you wait for the interview. So I think it was about three months then I went for my interview. I got there around eight in the morning. I was sitting there. I was hungry. I was very thirsty. I was scared. Nobody calls me. I keep on going to the customer counter. Please, I'm here for an interview. I was told eight in the morning. No, you have to wait, mister. I waited 1 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m., 7 p.m. I was there the whole day. Nobody comes for me. Around half past seven, I think there were three guys, very big guys. They come with lots of keys and walkie-talkies and then they say, mister, you are going to the detention center because you are likely to be deported. I said, what? Detention center plus deportation? I thought you were going to listen to my case. So they put me in a small van. They open one big gate. The, 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 the van moves in, another one closes, another one opens. You can't see anything. You, you just hear these very, very strange noises. Very long walls, lots of security, lots of walkie-talkie everywhere. People with the keys moving around. That sound is, can it destroy you? Pre actually, it's a prison. With all the trauma I had, and then to put me into this kind of situation. Nobody questions whether you, how, how you are mentally. Nobody has any idea about your well-being. No, all they care for is detention. I've never been in a prison before, um, but this was like a sentence which I, I had no idea where it came from. I think I was there for about four days, and then they told me, okay, you have an, an, an interview. Remember, I was breaking down. It, it, it was very emotional. The, the young girl who was interviewing me, I think she also, I think it was too much for her as well. And then she, she said, you know what, I think we we are going to suspend the interview and I am going to sign for them to, to release you. Uh, I think it was around October when I received a call to say that your decision has been made and that you have been granted refugee status. Wow. I, I felt like I was um, flying. It's like that's when you feel the importance of freedom. But, but for me, before, I never knew how freedom 
feels like, how it smells like, how it makes people move every day. The small, small things you took for granted, everything comes back. It was overwhelming. That was the beginning of my new life. From 2010, I had the right to stay here. I had the international recognition as a refugee. Not just as any refugee, but as a gay refugee. And that was very important for me. When I got out of the detention center, I said, never again, never again should an asylum seeker be put into detention center. And I've worked so much to, to raise awareness that it, it is wrong to detain people. I started organizing meetings where gay people could come and share experiences. We didn't have any funds or resources to support this, so I was using my own money. I was working as a, a senior nursing assistant. Said loud, started getting stronger, membership was getting bigger. Uh, we were supporting other people through the asylum process. They get their status, they come back to help others. For me, it gives me joy to see that the people I'm supporting, they come back to regain their freedom, to live a normal life. And these are people who have come back in the communities and they are doing amazing contributions. But these are the same people that could have been easily be deported because the system didn't understand them. The gay rights have been achieved over the years through struggles. But the gay rights for refugees, we can't stop, we can't stop. The campaign is still going on. Aloysius' story was produced by Rob Eagle. His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition. The, moment we hit our this is one time when the shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we go next. <laughs>